Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. So today I have a very interesting guest and I'm so excited to chat with her because I have been working through some personal stuff as far as the nervous system and trauma and autoimmune disease. Um, So having Guru Nishan today, um, I think this is gonna be an amazing conversation. Um, She is a teacher of the sensory system and she helps individuals live beyond their conditioning and trauma responses um, to operate in their peak performance. So she has a great story. Um, She has been a keynote speaker for so many different organizations and foundations. Um, She just seems like a wealth of knowledge and I'm so excited to have her here today. So um, I'm gonna let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her story. Um, So Guru Nishan, let's hear um, all about you. Well, Tina, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. I like carrots and I like cake, so how fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, my name is Guru Nishan, and um, I, uh, that's actually my real name. My, my parents were actually uh, converts to uh, a yoga spiritual community that, you know, I, I've come to realize was as much of a cult um, as it was a cultural appropriation of real truth and real knowledge and real sources of wisdom that um real were rooted in other things other than what i grew up in and so this idea that you can grow up in a culture and learn certain behaviors and kind of ideologies and and thought systems and really a lot of those patterns were rooted in in historical trauma and i just didn't know it because i really most my life thought that my upbringing was really amazing, you know, being able to be raised in America, but not of America, in this health conscious, what's really popular today, whole food diet, yoga practices, meditation. It's literally known as the yoga of awareness. Kundalini yoga and meditation is the community I come from. And, you know, even though I knew it, you know, had some historical roots and hypocrisy and you know, religious misogyny and all of that, I thought I had shed the dogma, kept the health conscious parts, had become my self-actualized self. But, you know, reality, I was in my mid-30s and my life crashed. My business that I spent a decade building in the health and wellness industry and the network marketing business. And I built this huge business and, and literally it it completely decimated and I suddenly realized I was repeating something very old. I didn't know what it was, but it reminded me of my childhood. And I was like, decided to take a different path. And I went inward and started listening to what was felt like old trauma that I didn't even know how to name trauma at the time. And this was back in 2012. And fast forward eight years, you know, last year in 2020, my community really had a huge Me Too movement, a lot of like really historical, uh, sadistic, sexual, predatory abuse of financial, psychological, spiritual abuse. And I realized that what happened to me in 2012 was 
my soul telling me, no, you're not going to carry this forward. My body literally remembered stuff that my mind had compartmentalized and organized as great, as wonderful spiritual teachings that was really, now that I realize, was rooted in supremacy, rooted in colonialist predatory behavior, you know? And so my work really comes from this place of having unrooted trauma I didn't know I had living in my body that started showing up as symptoms of all sorts of, you know, pain in my body. And I started to just ask different questions of myself. And back in 2012, when I started doing that, I had to go into the wound of my life, which was Kundalini Yoga. And I started practicing and I started being a part of that community again after a decade or so. And it was fascinating because I unpacked stuff that was living in my body that I didn't even know was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, a lot of this resonates with me just with having ulcerative colitis and an autoimmune disease. And I do wonder if my nervous system is a little, you know, amped up um, as far as what's going on. So how did, how, like in 2012, was it like one thing that happened or was it like a bunch of things that happened or like, how did you like realize that all this was going on? Well, it was like a slow, what I now know is like a slow spiral into myself. So it wasn't like suddenly everything made sense. It was more like I spent a decade building a business and I found myself financially decimated. So I could have looked at that disaster moment of my life in any way that I wanted, but I looked at it as a soul message. You know, what I call a my soul speaking to me saying, you're not going to focus on the outside anymore. You're going to focus on the inside because you're carrying stuff that doesn't belong to you. Now, I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I just listened. And so it just brought me a little bit more into me. And then I listened, you know, so then I realized it was similar to what you're talking about. I had a lot of acid in my upper belly. I had a lot of indigestion. What I know, what I know would have been considered an ulcer or some sort of a... Um, hiatal hernia probably would have, if I was involved in the medical system, I probably would have, um, you know, had some sort of a hernia type issue. But I didn't grow up in a culture where I was a part of the, the mainstream medical system. We grew up outside of mainstream. So I just didn't even go that route. Everything I interpreted was always kind of more through my own psychosomatic learning about what I knew. Because I grew up in a yoga culture, I knew about the nervous system. I knew about the glands and how the body operated. And it made me realize as I started to teach yoga that, wow, as a mainstream culture in America or, or even the Western world, let's say, we don't really learn about our nervous system and we definitely don't learn that we're responsible for it or that we can influence it. And not only can we influence it, but the glandular network, what I like to call the command center of the body, you know, we're just like a chemical milkshake and all of these glands are talking to each other and releasing hormones and chemicals all through our body so the way i like to describe it tina is like to simplify it like we're like our phones or like our computer we whether or not our mind remembers that memory just like every website you go to on your on your computer it's just old browser history so 
whether or not we know it or not, our systems are so overloaded. And we need to learn a certain basic new workout to help start shedding the old, like clear the cache and the cookies, clear the browser history out of this human body and start taking self-responsibility because that's all trauma is. It's just a lot of memory, old data that's living. And all of these symptoms are our body saying, you need to stop and listen in a new way and ask different questions because the body's always trying to heal itself. Yes, yes, and I 100% agree with you. It's just asking different questions and knowing that your body wants to heal and wants to be healthy. Um, so yeah, let's get into this a little bit. So what you do, you're a nervous system trainer. Um, so you wanna tell us about that and you know why might we need you know, this type of support? Yeah, so I would actually shift it and say I'm more of a nervous system consultant and I'm a breath trainer. And so the reason I'm a teacher of the sensory body because the, you know, we all have a nervous system and there's certain basic components of how it works, but we don't necessarily learn it as a main part of our, our everyday life. So we have to take a new level of responsibility to just start learning what's happening in this thing called our nervous system. And you know, one of the things about trauma response is one of the main nerves of the body that goes down the center part of the body, all through the gut, down through the sex organs. The newer part goes up through the face. It's right linked to the brainstem. This is the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. So we have to start having a relationship to what's actually happening in our sensory body. What are the messages that the body's communicating? And that really requires us to slow down, to listen you know, and to make connection. And in a world that perpetuates our busyness and perpetuates our value based on our productivity, that's a challenge because we're automatically having to go against the grain to say, no, I'm gonna choose whew, listening to what's happening right here, right now, not trying to change it. So the key to the work that I, that I really teach is that we can't want to get rid of our trauma or heal our trauma if we haven't even made a connection with how and why our body holds what it holds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was actually my question for you. Like for somebody like me or somebody in a similar situation where they do have, you know, this mind body thing going on, it might not be right. Like where do we start or what's the first thing that you want to do as far as, you know, helping your body heal? Well, I would say, you know, start with what I call the love practice. It's just getting really conscious of including yourself in your own circle of care. So starting here, and, and what I like to say is put a hand on your chest or a hand on your belly. And so let's just do it right now together. And I'll walk us through because it's really as simple as it is. We need to do this regularly. So it's making a connection. And, and the reason we put our hand on our chest or our belly is because here we're connecting to this main vagal nerve, this memory nerve that holds everything for us. So it's just locate yourself. This first part is love, like locate. Hmm, there I am. Notice what you notice. I notice my heart is fluttering. Notice where your breath is. Just locate yourself, feel your feet on the floor. Feel your hand on your chest. 
Start to notice your shirt against your skin. And you just start locating yourself and really just noticing the sensations that your body or your that is coming to your awareness. The O is observe your inner space. Where's your breath? What places or things are pulling your attention? Where does your energy seem to flow? Is your breath going fast or slow? Just observe your energy. Notice your shoulders, your seat against the chair, your back supported. And then the V is the variance or the vibration or the velocity. Notice what the energy is feeling like inside of yourself. Is it buzzing, swirling? What's the speed? Notice if it's going in multiple directions. Notice the inhale and the exhale of your breath. Notice how both of them are right. Notice the left and the right. And just keep noticing whatever you notice inside of you. Like you're breathing in sunlight through your skin. And as you exhale, just send all of the energy down your body, down your feet. And the E is excavate. As you breathe in, collect all of the parts of you that feel scattered, uncertain, entangled or heavy. And just exhale all of that down the body, down the trunk of the body, down the feet. Noticing the sound of your breath as it goes in and the sound of your breath as it goes out. And then to end, we're gonna inhale through the nose. And as you exhale, I want you to twist in one direction, looking all the way over your shoulder. And then inhale back to the center. And then we twist in the other direction as you exhale over your shoulder. And then you just bring yourself back to the center and breathe and notice your feet on the floor. 
So the reason a practice like this is so essential is because you can do it anywhere and you do it with yourself. What I call this is called learning to resource your own energy within your own energy system. Because in a world that's so full of pressure, we're constantly interacting with other electricity all day long. And so we have to learn how to stop that external bombardment and start learning to notice what's happening. Where is the energy moving or stuck in our own body? And we get to start moving it through the body with the breath. So the reason the breath training is so essential is because your body system has the mechanisms it needs to adjust itself. But we have to learn to connect to what's actually happening in it before we try to make adjustments with practices and modalities and new workshops and all these things. Like, we're it. We're the bag of chips. We're the thing we're looking for. But we have to start using and harnessing the system that's right here for us, especially in a world that's trying to distract us and get us into the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Just that, like you said, where are the bag of chips? Like it, 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 it's in us. Like we can do it. And I've always said this. I'm like, I'm going to be the one that heals me. And I, I just, I've looked for so many external things over the years. And, you know, I have a mentor and people that are helping me, but I'm like, at the end of the day, it's me. Like I'm the one that's going to figure this out. And, Uh you know, that's why I think that understanding the basic framework of how the nervous system works is really where, where it comes from. Because when you start to understand how your energy system operates, then you're, you're the one in charge of your motherboard. You're like, oh, okay, here's my dials. I'm a little excessive here because of XX. Oh, I'm a little this. I need to learn to adjust this. But you can't adjust anything if you don't even know how the operating system is happening. So I like to call the nervous system the operating system of the human body. And just like your phone or your computer, if it's malfunctioning, you're not gonna buy a new app and a new software. No, you're gonna fix the operating first, operating system first. Get that working because then the system's working for itself. Then the practices and the diets and the all the things will work better because you're with you. Mm-hmm. You're aware of you. So the nostrils, the sides of our brain and our body, like these things are simpler than we think, but we just have to start tuning into the basic principles of what does it mean to be a, an electrical system that basically stores memory like your phone or computer, start learning basic practices to start clearing out some of the excess so you can actually feel what's going on. We're so wound up, we can't even tell this from that. We're like one wild little circuit, like ah. So it's like, whoa, slow that system down, notice what's happening. And the truth is the next thing you need is right there available for us. We just have to slow down enough to be able to really let ourselves have it. You know, like a a computer that's full can't download the next new video. You know, system overload, system overload. We're all just overloaded and overworked in our nervous system. And once you slow that operating system down, Wow, the body just starts self-correcting exponentially because it's really how how it's designed, you know. But I always say it's people doing way too much and overloading with the next thing. And that just keeps us more busy, more busy, which doesn't support nervous system development at all. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I say to my clients all the time. I mean, you know, as an FDN, we just go right back to stress as kind of like at the core of everybody's issues. But like the doing and like 
the the things and all that. I mean, even like things as simple as like slowing down when you eat, you know what I mean? Just like chewing right. your food and being mindful. Um, but it's so true that we are just so wound up and we're just doing all the things all the time. And if you think about your nervous system, your nervous system is amped up all the time and it really never has a chance to calm down and relax and you know do what it needs to do as far as you know keeping you healthy and i think in a trauma-informed lens what's important to understand about that is we can't expect our body to quote release any trauma if we're wound up because it, it's holding it for us it holds it for us on our behalf so we can function tomorrow so, you know, it's not going to let anything go until we start learning to take time to build internal safety because safety is how the body actually starts releasing trauma and trauma memories. The body just has a lot of incomplete experiences that it hasn't felt safe enough to, to express and move. And so as we build internal safety and learn to slow down and start taking care of ourselves in a new way, which means I, I literally have had to have years of resting practices and other things that have got me to slow down because I'm an ambitious person that wants to like create and give and I didn't realize that overworking and overgiving and overachievement focus was actually rooted in historical trauma. I, I didn't know that that was an expression of being in a constant state of, of fight, of flight mode, of, of doing, doing because I didn't know I wasn't ready to feel some things, you know? So the real work is to get down and into our sensory body, to start feeling what our body's expressing and giving ourselves space to unravel it. Because I've just found it such a brilliant metamorphosis. The more I've tuned into what my body was communicating, no matter what my mind was trying to construct, the healing has come because I've listened to my body more and more and I, I've discovered what that even means. I thought I was listening to my body a decade ago. I just realized now I was thinking about my feelings. I wasn't actually feeling anything. Yep. Yep. You're speaking my language now. I'm I'm very similar, very ambitious, you know, gotta check all the things off my list and it wasn't until I started doing talk therapy where we have kind of unraveled some of this, but yeah, just all the doing was avoiding, you know, the emotions and the feelings and, you know, some of the trauma things that have happened in my life. And um, it, now it's all about feeling safe, just like you were saying. And before I go to bed every night, I do some breath work and everything. Um, but what I say, or like my mantra is, is that it's safe to heal. And I just keep telling myself that because I think up until now, my body has been in such a, a fight or flight, you know, situation that I haven't been able to feel anything or heal anything. And it's just, I've almost been stuck. You know what I mean? I just, you know, haven't been able to get past that. And um, you've actually spoken frequently about how we are the products of conditioning and, you know, how we're just susceptible to it in our daily lives. Um, like, how do we learn to identify that conditioning and begin to listen to our inner voices? Like, I just think about myself being stuck um, and people would tell me these things, you know, you need to slow down. You need to like take things off your plate. And I just couldn't do it. Or I just couldn't see the value in it. Or I just didn't want to do it. I just, you know what I mean? Just that like stuck conditioning, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and I think that one of the keys to understanding our conditioning is knowing that it works for us. Like it is working and it works for us. And same with how our body holds trauma. Like the more we shift our lens and realize we don't want to quote, get rid of conditioning and get rid of our trauma. We want to be able to learn to hold and love on it in a new way that says, I see you. I see what you're doing. You're keeping me wound up so that I don't do X and X. Wow, where did I learn that? Isn't that interesting? So then we sit and we marinate in this new question. Wow, look at how many other ways do I avoid feeling this feeling? And then you start noticing how your life has been entirely constructed around this one new noticing. You know what I'm saying? Like. The reason that noticing love practice is so important is because this practice of noticing what's actually happening in our body is the same way that we notice how conditioning constricts and supports us simultaneously. As we connect to our breath, we realize, wow, there's expansion and contraction. Look how they both work together. So conditioning is the same way. This conditioning literally bounds and holds me and at the same time, it supports and is the reason I exist. And until I learn to hold that duality within my own reality, then I'm never going to, quote, break through my conditioning. I'm just going to re-identify with it over and over and over again. And we do that. We create a rebel persona and we break our, you know, once we see a condition, then we create a new rebel identity around this or that. So... The thing about conditioning is so simple, in my opinion. The nervous system holds an imprint of our earliest environment. We are like a product of our earliest imprinting. We don't take in the environment through our cognitive learning when we're young. We absorb the environment like a sponge. We're just a sensory little cutie, soaking up all that juice. And the body literally creates a biochemical experience that's imprinted into the nervous system that grows into our muscles and our fascia and our organ systems. And these things make us up. So to break through them means we have to learn to relate to ourselves in a way that says, I love the fact that I'm ambitious, hardworking, overachieving, and I'm beginning to notice that that actually is also a way that I use to not feel X and X. And when we start to notice that, we often just have to hold ourselves in that awareness for a while before we can change the external reality because that reality, again, works for us until we start making shifts. But the body doesn't shift like... Uh, instant it just takes a little time so this is why say breath practices or mindfulness or or any modality that we start learning that starts to help us connect and feel with ourselves in a new way it, it helps us break these patterns because patterns are real they're not just i want to get rid of that pattern they're real because they make us up like I can have someone who I love who's also abused me simultaneously. How do I reconcile that slowly? <laughs> because that's hard work, right? I mean, these things are not easy to hold. And yet we have to start just giving ourselves the baseline awareness like, wow, my body holds a lot. I don't even know what it's holding. 
and I'm just going to start doing simple practices regularly that start to let me pay a little more attention to what's going on and open up the possibility that, wow, I don't have to do X that I just noticed, but I keep doing it all the time because, wow, my identity's formed around it. Who would I be without that? Wow, I get my sense of value from how, how many people I'm helping, you know, like I literally in the, you know, in that eight year process I was telling you about, Tina, I literally went through phases where it's like I was, I was getting messages, you know, you don't, you don't teach, you don't do that anymore. And I was like, but, and this is my insides, but, but who am I without that? And then I would just be like, you're beautiful. And then I'd lay back and I'd be like, wow, I don't have to do anything. But to think that and to feel that about myself are two very different things. So in my mind, I knew, oh, I don't have to do anything to feel a value. But inside, I didn't feel that. So I was like, that's a new question I started asking. How come I don't feel a value unless I'm doing or giving or helping? Hmm, who did I first learn this from? Where did I first hear this? How early do I remember this? And this is the type of inquiry that I call seduction of the soul. We're seducing our soul, our real pulse resonance, our real sense of self that's beneath all these layers of cultural conditioning and family conditioning and religious conditioning. There's this unique pulse that is you and me. And it's as unique as our DNA. It's our sound current. It's the resonance that like, it's our essence. And that's beneath all the layers. And the, the work is, can we really live more listening to that resonance of our soul than all of the layers that have wrapped around us that have conditioned us to believe we have to be this way, to be worthy or of value or productive or of serviceful or any of the ways that we've claimed a sense of identity in the world, you know, and reshaping self. Like the reason I think a catalyst disaster is, is what it took for me is because sometimes we need everything to fall apart. We need to get completely sick before we pay attention. We have to have a financial disaster before we listen to that soul pulse, right? But we don't have to, we can listen anytime we want, but oftentimes we don't. We wait for this decimating experience to say, okay, there must be another way. And I think the real work now is just to support as many people as possible to say, your nervous system is telling you all day long it wants you to listen. Let's do the work before everything falls apart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everything you said resonates with me. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we have so much in common, but um, just, I mean, you're somebody who's overcome burnout. And I feel like this is something that I can totally relate with. I've gone through periods of burnout, just doing too, too much. And my body's just like, nope, like not doing it anymore. And I get all these, you know, health issues and things like that. Um, but what are some of like the common signs in our body that show us that we're on the path to burnout? I feel like I work with so many women who just like, don't see it. You know what I mean? Like I see it as a coach from the outside, but like what's going on with them. It's, it's almost like hard to see sometimes. So like, what yeah, what's, yeah, what's interesting is, is not only hard to see, but we've actually, we're actually in a state of normalized exhaustion. So adrenal fatigue isn't even like 
like adrenal fatigue is a thing, but I think most people are just operating in kind of a low level adrenal fatigue all the time. And the adrenal glands sit on top of the kidneys and the kidneys are filtering all of the, you know, the, the water and all the juices coming through our body. So understanding how the glands work from the sex glands to the adrenal glands, the thymus gland and the thyroid, these, how they communicate, like, we have to slow down and support again the simple noticing so ex like exhaustion but wired i call that wired but tired so you're buzzing 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 but your system is actually super depleted um i would say a hyper um dehydration is another one and you know dull skin, trouble sleeping, sex glands, you know, not a, a lot of reproduction, maybe like not, not, not um, just noticing the overall juicing capacity of the body isn't as fluid, you know, like I didn't know that these things were symptoms. They were just who I was as far as I was concerned, you know, I just operated. I slept okay, you know, but I think a lot of times people might have trouble sleeping, uh, digestive issues on either end, you know, definitely inflammation in some form. I had all signs of these things and I didn't know what to look for them. Um, another one is raspy voice. That's a sign of very uh, long progressed adrenal fatigue. Um, you know, the, the real thing isn't a question whether the nervous system and the glandular system and most people are overexhausted and overworked. It is. And right now, the main, main thing I know that would just improve everybody's daily experience is to do, is to really start having a new relationship with your nervous system and do something to clear, to create basic electrical charge in the body where you're training your body to move its own energy. I can't stress it enough because the body system wants to correct and it's designed to correct but we just like i'm talking about simple things like you can put your fingertips together press the thumbs and you know put the teeth together and smile and just do a rapid breath for like 30 seconds you know and you do these simple practices and you get the the navel point and, and you know that's starting to you know get the adrenal the adrenal glands engaged the diaphragm muscle is super tight and that relates to all the glands and the muscles the lower half of our body and the upper half these minimal corrections can really get the system back into a state of like oh okay feeling what it's actually needing to feel as opposed to i know for me I go right into unconscious trauma response of busyness where I don't feel any of it. And so really identifying that I have complex PTSD and I only learned that this past year. I didn't know that I suffered from complex trauma and that I had been managing it through amazing alternative health ways, you know. But it's really important for us to slow down enough to wow, I'm just living in a constant state of hypervigilance and trauma response. And I still now do, but I'm better at noticing it, catching myself and making a different choice in real time. And this is what I've learned about what it means to be a complex trauma survivor, a childhood trauma survivor is we just get better at learning to hold ourselves and notice these unconscious responses 
of busyness or overwork or, uh, or things and then what that's doing to our biology. I didn't notice how the, the tight muscles I had, the overdeveloped abs, how that affected my, develop, my, my, um, it, my digestion. I, I didn't know the back flexor muscles. Like I didn't try to overtrain my body. It was just this early, early imprinting that I had to slowly unwind through my own loving attention. And it seems that it seems too simple, Tina, but it's really, truly loving attention. Like, how would you seduce a lover to connect with you? You better do that within your own system. Start seducing your own self out of hiding to say, I'm willing to pay attention to you. I'm willing to listen, which means that when stuff comes up for us, we have to pay attention to what's coming up. And that's not always so easy. It's easier to stuff it away and and, and keep moving, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. Just like what you said, the loving attention. Um, and sometimes I feel like all of this is like so overwhelming, like where do I even start? Um, but I, I do think you just saying that right now, just like resonated with me, just loving yourself, slowing down and like giving your body the attention that it needs. And I mean, I think about my situation with ulcerative colitis and I 1000% think it, you know, I was diagnosed with it because I was doing so many things and my body was just so stressed out. And I think there's been times in my life where like burnout has been, you know, just holding me back as far as like my health and everything. Or just perfectly showing up for you exactly at the right place, you know, that it's not holding you back from anything. It's actually like lassoing you to say, let me show you if you don't want to slow down, I'm going to slow your little patootie down. And my mom has had a tremendous story with ulcerative colitis. And one of the reasons I know anything about trauma healing at all. And the reason I started to pay attention is because I've watched my mom alchemize and heal really tremendous physical ailments that she was able to go in and heal and realize was rooted in very complex historical trauma um, and incest and, and a lot of other, you know, really horrible family abuse. And she you know, was able to heal that through her body. So me watching her on her ulcerative colitis journey and witnessing and learning about somatic therapy and TRE and other practices that she did and, you know, that I in, in, introduce and, and share within my body of work because, you know, I'm not a trauma therapist. I, I am what I consider myself as a bridge to help people come home to themselves so that they can learn how to find the right therapist for them. And there's different types of therapy we need at different stages and different types of modalities we need at different stages of our own coming home to our body journey. And I'm just like that bridge to help people go from like, I have no idea to, I can listen to myself and I trust that the people that come into my orbit and I know how to ask better questions to make sure I find the right person and that I'm not giving all my energy and plugging into this new way as if it's the answer. Nothing out there is ever the answer. And having grown up in a cult experience with, you know, the guru complex, I'm just a huge fan of helping people become self-authorities. Own your energy, own your nervous system, own your trauma responses, start becoming familiar with them because the right healers, the right practices are right here available. And you have to become the person in the, in the driver's seat of this mothership, you know, 
And that's a powerful thing when we start to claim our energy and claim our power back to say, I can heal, but you're going to need a lot of help along the way. A lot of different therapists, a lot of different practitioners, doctors, perhaps, and breath trainers, whatever the practices are, still the number one person that has to know best and feel our own resonance of our yes and no is self. It's ourselves. And so that work, I feel, is the primary work. And then you're going to attract the next best thing you need. And, you know, in my mom's journey, sometimes that was medical, you know, medical doctors. And other times it was naturopathic. And other times it was this. And different things at different stages along the way is what we need to do to become this authority of our own our own what I call body instrument. We're this amazing instrument and we have to learn how to play the machinery, our own practice with our own body system, our own melodies, our own tunes. And when you start to look and listen, you realize, wow, I've been programmed to play at this frequency or this tune or this melody. I don't want to play that anymore. Oh my God. And recognizing what music has been kind of trained into your body instrument means you're empowered to retune the instrument because the human body neuroscience is telling us we get to neural rewire but you can't change the the pattern until you know what that pattern is Mm -hmm. and that's why the first work is to come home to self because then the next phase is wow how do i get to start retraining all of these pretty crazy internal patterns that I didn't choose. I just grew up with, you know, you got influenced to hold the type of memory that's starting to show itself as the symptoms of whatever you're going through, ulcerative colitis and other autoimmune dysfunction. It's not a dysfunction. It's actually perfectly functioning. It's just functioning to make you start paying attention in a new way. And and it's really quite brilliant when we let it um, inform us. Yes. Oh my gosh. This has been so amazing. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what I needed today. Um, but before we wrap up, do you want to share with listeners um, about resources, um, services you offer, the where they can find you, um, all that good stuff? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can, you know, all listeners can connect with me at Guru Nishan or GuruNishan.com. And I have a free breath training guide there in which there's a, you know, it's a simple walkthrough of how to start connecting to the diaphragm and start getting more, um, more of a simple practice of connecting to self. And then, you know, my, I have all my digital work online, my foundation courses, those are all available from breath training as well as to my foundation course, which is called currency of power. And it's really understanding the basics of how the energy system works from the nerves to the glands, to the neural rewiring and using breath to get the whole system to start correcting itself. Ah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was fascinating and so, so helpful. Um, just want to thank you so much for being on this episode. And yeah, I'm definitely going to check out all your resources and um, definitely be following you in the future. It is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity and I look forward to connecting some more.